This is Recollecting Chapel Hill. History from the inside out and the bottom up. I'm Klaus Meyer. And I'm Molly Luby. Today we're bringing you something a little different than what we usually do on Recollecting Chapel Hill. You're not going to hear our voices throughout the episode. Instead, you'll hear one person telling their own story in their own voice. You'll hear them in different contexts because I spoke to them at different times in different places, like behind St. Joseph's Church on Rosemary Street and over the phone. And I also went to a protest where they spoke. This episode is kicking off a new occasional series where we'll be weaving into your podcast feed. We're calling it Voices. Uh, my name is CJ Suit. I grew up here in this neighborhood, North Side. You can see beautiful brown children walking by and right next to Hargraves and here at St. Joe's. And I'm an artist, I'm a poet, I'm a storyteller. Um, I am a holder of history and space for my ancestors, my elders, my parents, my aunts, my uncles uh, in this space. And that's who I am. I grew up here in Chapel Hill in Southern Pentecostal Church that was like Pentecostal, Pentecostal, and, and in that case, we call it holiness. So I grew up in a holiness church. And um, and even though I am the first capital A artist in my family, I grew up every week seeing artists and artistry. What I grew up seeing every Sunday was uh, preachers in the pulpit take a 2,000 year old story wrap it up in a metaphor and give it back to people in a way that they could apply it to their daily lives when they walk out of the church doors. And so in that, for me, um, I think I also had a desire within my poetry to do the same, not necessarily based on the Bible or biblical things, but just based on what was going on in the world right now. It's like, mm-hmm. how do we infuse metaphor and creativity into the context context of a prison industrial complex, into the context of institutional racism, into the context of Chapel Hill, a, a, a beautiful college town where I yeah. myself in this black body don't feel like I'm fully represented. Cycles make cycles. 16, 19 look like now just more white folks. My brother was like actually the poet when we were kids, when we were like fourth or fifth grade. He used to write these amazing short poems. And then I would put melody to them, like be singing them. And then um, when I got to like middle school, I started writing these sort of love poem song things. Uh, to girls I had crushes on. And, and then when I got to high school was when I started to, like, hone in on kind of poetry and hip-hop. I had friends who were, like, rappers and would freestyle and be in a freestyle circle. And then I had, like, two homegirls who we thought we were going to have a band and I was going to be the rapper in the band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, because I grew up in a time where it was just a lot of groups, like, No Doubt and O-Town and Backstreet and NSYNC, like all, it was the era of the band. And I had an English teacher in high school who had us write every Monday or Tuesday for like 10 minutes before class started. And he would just be like, 
playing music during that time, introduced me to a lot of music that I wasn't familiar with, like Enya, <laughs> and, and also like Tribe Called Quest, and also Tyler Kuali and Most Dev, a, a myriad of artists that I just like had, and yeah. Nirvana, tons of artists that I had never heard of. And then he came to me one month, one February, and was like, I want you to like share some of your poetry in the Black History Month program. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'll think about it. And he was like, all right, I'm signing you up. <laughs> and he signed me up. And um, and for me, that really worked as a young person. It was like, you know, I think the adults in my life just pushing me to be like, I know you can do this, go do it. And then I was like, I, that was the beginning of it, it really felt like, because I was just like, oh, man, like, I'm in school and I'm asked so often to do stuff to, like, make my teachers happy or to like model or replicate somebody else's thing. And in this moment, I like spoke my own voice and people really, the people appreciated me just being me. And, uh, and then I, I went on to like join the first slam youth slam team from the, from the state to compete internationally. And, and when I went to that competition in San Francisco, I was like, if I wasn't hooked already, like I definitely was sold seeing four or 500 other youth poets from around the world just expressing their stories and sharing their art. And I was, and seeing adults who were professional uh, poets and artists and lyricists, like doing it as a li- for a living, I was just like, oh, this is a possible thing. Those moments feel like, the like points along the way that that were affirming to my voice and allowed space for me to feel like what I had to say was worth sharing. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that is the work of this time. Not how we like, not how much noise we make out in the streets, although that is important, right? But how do we shift our way of loving the Black folks and loving the resilience it takes for to be Black in America? Not just generally and for George Floyd, although for them too, right? But for those folks who you know, right? In your life, right? For Bryn Harrison, right? For, you know, for Cortland, for, for tons of of people who we know directly, right, are are moving every day through blackness. For me, that's 
you know, the big work in the world is to is to share and tell stories. Um, not just when someone gets killed by the police, but like blackness for me is every day. Like I experience this every day in all sorts of ways, not just violent ways or microaggressive ways, but also in beautiful ways. I think the call to me is like, how do we celebrate blackness, the resilience of blackness every day? If this is a moment for anything, like, it's a moment to appreciate, outwardly, vocally appreciate the black people in your life directly. How do we celebrate our history and our culture, honor our ancestors? honor the, the music or art tradition that we're following in every day. I often ask myself in these moments where these big things are happening is how am I complicit in making this happen? How do I invisibilize my neighbors and people around me? You know, I think about the neighborhood I live in here in Chapel Hill, you know, where mm -hmm. I think my neighbors are cool, but do I think if the police rolled up to my house and was like unlawfully arresting me? I don't, other than neighborhood gossip, do I think people would come out of their houses to like figure out what's going on and come to my aid? I, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's clear. In many ways, Poetry, spoken word, embrace this sort of silence that allows the hurt and the harm to like sort of persist and live and fester and really be broken open so that we might, it really is the, like pulling the band-aid off of the wound. If we are to build a better world, then we have to start to kind of be able to name some things, not just on the institutions, but also within ourselves and interpersonally about the harms that we have done ourselves and also have been done to us not by the oligarchs, but by our neighbors, by our friends, by our like classmates and things like that. And poetry's a way to start the process of that or can be involved in the process of being able to do that, to shift, um, to shift our worlds and really build a beloved community. In the aftermath, I'm sure I'll feel like a tourist passing through my own life. I'll add up my subtractions, stand in the great divide, multiplying the things I have left. In the aftermath of all this, I'll sing with you. In a choir stand on street corners, 
and at my favorite karaoke night, I'll stroll aimlessly around the mall, even though I hated the mall. We'll brush shoulders and walk down the same aisles. I'll make you a meal. I'll never leave the party early without a really good excuse and we'll dance. Bump and grind, spin and dip. I'll give you a spoonful of my ice cream. I'll let you try my beer. A fork full of my favorite dessert. We'll pass homemade dishes around a full potluck dinner table. We'll have hugs so close and tight the world will burst into giggles. I'll hold my friend's children. Kiss the foreheads of my nieces and nephews. I'll bump your hand as we walk down the sidewalk. We'll hold hands without guilt. You won't have to look for the smile in my eyes. Above my mask, we'll get a window seat. As we watch friends and lovers gather on lawns and in courtyards, I'll remember the things that brought me strength, the ways I gave and was given to, how I learned to pause and breathe in the day, how I made a feast of my feelings and served it up poem after poem, seeing myself both seed and tree, the world will see me in full color. Black and American, a resilient ancestry will hold our leaders and officers accountable. We won't be so well adjusted to injustice and we will allow suffering to speak. We'll get to work and heal together. In the aftermath, I'll reach into my pocket for a letter from my past self that reads, I will be here for you. Yes, always and forever, even when the world stops and the cards have all folded and you are in between the lines. CJ worked with our friends in Chapel Hill's Community Arts and Culture Division to make a video of In the Aftermath, the poem you just heard. It is so good. If you have not seen it, click on the link in our show notes right now. Seriously. This episode also featured the work of two amazing local musicians, Sonny Miles and Jay Rowdy, whose brand new song, Good Trouble, you're listening to right now. Find the full versions of the songs from this episode, and while you're at it, support local musicians using the links in our show notes. Until next time, I'm Molly. And I'm Klaus, and this is Recollecting Chapel Hill. It ain't a lunch counter bus where we sit in the back. I'm talking about the infrastructure of the things that we lack. More jobs and education, more nutrition and love. More life and being happy, less guns and drugs. As a descendant, blessed with my ancestors' investment that's continuing that push for progression. Defying in my attitude, John Lewis, my latitude. To best believe authority is always in question. Looking for that good trouble. Hell no, we won't go. Banging on your city hall, though. Looking for that good trouble. Take a stand, respect me as a man Every day we die in these streets Doing some justice, no peace Looking for that good trouble